we're going to see life and we're going to see abundance of life. Amen. Yes. I want to see abundance of life. Welcome to the church. 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 I'm Cindy Linton, and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people in Normal, Illinois, joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. God just put this one thought in my mind this morning, and it was just this thought of you alone. And I just want to read this one scripture. It's Psalms 86 and 10. It says that, For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Yes. Yes, that's right. And just as we go through the service, I just wonder if we can just keep that in our mind, that it doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter what you came into this place with. It doesn't matter what problems are going on right. out in the world. Yeah. Because he's still God. That's right. He alone yeah. can yes. heal all things. He can yes. cover everything that's going on that's in our lives. The Bible teaches us how we can enter into his courts, how we can get into the holies of holies. And it talks about how we enter in with praise. And we have done that here this morning. The Bible says enter into his gates with a song of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let's be thankful to him and bless and praise his name. That's in Psalms. We have done that here today. I am thankful for the presence of the Lord that is here this morning. The next thing, as we move through the tabernacle, it teaches us that that's a time of repentance. Before we ever take our petitions to the Lord, we should make sure we have a clean heart. So I would like to just take a moment. Everyone here today, you know where you're at with the Lord. We all are sinners and fall short of the glory of God. None of us have arrived yet. So let's just take a moment and ask God to just wash us clean. Lord Jesus, purify our hearts, God. I ask you, Jesus, to wash me clean. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of every sin in my life, every shortcoming, everywhere, Lord Jesus, where I fall short, God. I ask you, Jesus, to wash over me. Let your blood saturate me and every person in this place, Lord Jesus. God, we lay every sin on your altar. We sacrifice it to you, Lord. God, we ask you to help us, Lord Jesus, to turn from our wicked ways and to turn to you, Lord Jesus. God, you are who we long for, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we also just want to ask for a spirit of prayer. The Bible talks a lot about different spirits um, in the Bible, but we want the spirit of prayer and of praise to be on our heart as we are moving in to 2023. We are spending a lot of time in the Word. And we're going to spend some time fasting. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. But we can sit for an hour and say the same thing over and over. Or we can ask God to bless us with a spirit of prayer. Where we can intercede for those who are hurting. Where we can stand in the gap. And we need that spirit of prayer. This world is hurting. They are desiring a, a person to stand and show them the way. So let's just pray right now that God baptizes us with that spirit. Lord Jesus. God, we ask you, Jesus, to baptize us with the spirit of prayer. Lord God, we don't want to just be a clinging gong or a loud symbol, but we want to be effective in your kingdom, Jesus. 
God, I ask that you give us a love for your word and for prayer. Help us to understand the importance of bringing our needs before you. Every big and little thing, it doesn't matter. Your word says you know the number of hairs on our head. Lord Jesus, we ask you, God, just give us a desire to be in your presence day and night without ceasing, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, we want to pray for healing. I know there's a lot of sickness going around, and there's a lot of people who need a touch in their body. We want to pray for healing right now. If you just want to lift up your hand, if you know someone who is sick in their body or needs a touch from the Lord, and let's all pray together. Lean your hand towards someone who has their hand raised, and let's bind together. Lord Jesus, your word says that what we bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven, and what we loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Lord, we bind these sicknesses in the name of Jesus. We bind cancer. We bind diabetes. We bind these things in your name, and we release your healing power, Lord. Release it over each and every person. God, you know every need. And you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing power. We know that he is our healer, isn't he? Let's all praise the Lord one time together. Thank you, Jesus. You are our healer, Thank you, Jesus. So for the last couple weeks, I've been preaching the word. God has been positioning us to be closer to Him in 2023, amen? amen? It is January still. Doesn't it feel like it should be like March right now? But it is, <laughs> it is January still, but God is drawing us closer in 2023. He, 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 he shared with us that he wants, we're going to see great things. We're going to see new things in 2023. We're going to see new people. We're going to see new faces. We're going to see new miracles in our lives. We're going to see new miracles in our friends and our family. We're going to see the kingdom begin to grow. We're going to see the kingdom begin to multiply. We're going to see things that we've never seen before. Because we're not living in a time that we can just sit around on our hands. We're living in a time where we have got to be active as a church in the kingdom. And if we're not about the kingdom, then we're not about our Father's business. And God is calling us right now to be about His business. Amen. Amen. Anybody excited? about yeah. kingdom business yeah. i'm excited about it i'm excited about it because you know what it does when i think about kingdom kingdom business it takes my focus off of me right. and it puts it on him right and when i look at him i just see nothing but beauty when i look at me i see flaws you ever looked at yourself in the mirror don't look too long i just see flaw i just see things that shouldn't be there i got like white hairs now where did all that come from i didn't used to have that and we just look but whenever i look on jesus i just see love that's right and beauty and yes. him so god is calling us though this last couple weeks to abide in him the biblical definition for abide means to remain or to stay now the the issue with the, that definition the issue sometimes we take with that definition is sometimes we think that that's a noun we think that, that, that that's just a singular event, that we get there, we remain, and we stay. But the biblical definition is actually a verb. It's not a noun. If it were a noun, it would, would imply once saved, always saved attitude. And I don't know if you've ever met somebody with a once saved, always saved attitude, but a once saved, always saved individual begins to walk in entitlement. I am entitled to this. I am entitled to that. There is nowhere in our scripture of once saved, always saved. It is a continual process, a continual movement. Paul talks about it at length in Corinthians and and Romans. He talks about it at length at pressing. 
of pressing towards the mark, a length of moving, of running a race, of not getting weary, because it's a verb. The word abide is not meant to be a noun. It is meant to be a, a verb. And if we are going to abide in Jesus, there's some work that's going to have to take place. Amen? Amen. It's not just we're going to come in and sit on a Sunday and we're going to abide in the Lord. You can abide while you're here, but every, meanwhile, the whole world is continuing to go. The problem that you came in with is going to be the same problem that you're going to go out the door with if we just think we could come in and sit. But God is calling us to be actively engaged in his kingdom. <clears throat> the Bible is very clear. Paul speaks, like I said, at several occasions pressing towards the mark, dying daily, keeping our faith. If, if we didn't have to keep our faith, then he would just say your faith. But we have to keep our faith. There is a struggle going on to take away your faith and my faith. Have you ever watched the news? There is, it's just not a spiritual struggle anymore. It is a politically world struggle. And the church doesn't have time to get in that because we got to be about our father's business. So the only way I can be about my father's business is i got to be in my word. Right i got to make my word my meat. i got to make my word my bread. Abiding in Christ is to be active in the kingdom. Abiding is something we do, not just something we say. It's like our worship. God, God talks a lot about worship. I said dance. David danced in the Bible. Did you know that? Did you know there is nowhere in the scripture where we should solemnly stand still like we are in the army to worship the Lord? Because God says the trees begin to sway. Right. If you don't can't, if you can't do anything else, I realize everybody can't jump. Sometimes I can't jump. If you can't do anything, just sweat. Yes. Some people might form a line dance in there. They might put a little pop. Some people might actually have a little more rhythm than I do, and they might begin to really move around. That's because God's calling us to worship. Yes. It's a deeper depth than just out of our mouth. It's the whole body yes. begins to magnify the Lord. Right. I know we have a few secular retired folks here today. Amen. Anybody retired? Anybody looking to be retired shortly? I wish I was being retired. Everybody's retired. I feel like I got work to still do. There is no such thing as retirement in the kingdom. Oh, that's good. Go ahead. There is no such thing as retirement in the kingdom. I realize we work all of our lives. We save so that we can retire. Do you realize that the kingdom continues to move forward? There is no retirement. You know what that means if you're retired? That means you have all day long to work for the Lord. Come on now. I've got a sign-up sheet. i got a sign-up sheet over here. Get you on a sign-up sheet. We need to use our time to draw closer to Him. Our time should be evaluated based on how it is spent with God. Do you know God can redeem our time? Does anybody feel like time just slips away from you sometimes? Do you know why it slips away? Because we get bogged down in stuff that we probably shouldn't be bogged down in. But if we give it to God, the Bible says He will redeem our time. That doesn't mean every day He's going to add hours. What it means is the more we spend with Him, the more time and eternity will be redeemed. And we will be standing before Him, worshiping, glorifying Him. Glory, glory. There's no retirement in heaven. Heaven's going to be about a praise band that's going to be standing shouting, Glory to the Lamb! Glory to the Lamb! Even after we meet the Lord, like I said, we'll still be praising Holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Jesus said in John 15 and 5, familiar scripture that we've been going over the last couple weeks. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. For us to see new things this year, we need to be in him. We've got to abide in him. 
We've got to be in Him more than we ever have because the time demands it. The time requires it. There is a world out there that is looking and hungering for something. And trust me, the world will give them what they want. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. But there is a God that is coming with open arms and He's looking for a church to be that conduit. We need to abide in the Word. Amen? Anybody been reading on their daily bread? You've been abiding in the Word? Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it refresh you? Doesn't it feel good to be in the Word? We need to abide in love. We need to get off our judgment seats as Christians, and we just need to abide the way Christ abides, and that's in love. He's on the mercy seat. If God ever supplied you with mercy, it is nothing but our duty to supply everybody else with mercy. Stop looking with an outstretched finger. We've got to be a church that loves people. We've got a church that says, come in however you are. We're going to love you however you are. Remember what we said last week, love the sinner, hate the sin. Because it's about the sin. But if I'm constantly pointing to somebody and telling them they're this, they're that, they're that, I'm not being Jesus. I've got to love the person. I've got to look past he doesn't have sin. But I've got to look past the sin and say, oh, and I've got to see the man. I've got to see sale because once I do, it changes. Now I begin to serve. Now I begin to love the way that Christ called me. Anybody ready to do that in 23? I am. I am, and it's going to look different. It's going to be scary sometimes. But God is calling us to do that. I believe we're going to see great things in 2020. I believe we're going to see people repent of their sins. That's where it's at. It's repenting of sins. You can't get to God without with sin in your life. Right. you got to repent. The Bible calls us to repent. We're going to see people baptized in Jesus' yes, name. Right. There is no name yeah. under heaven whereby we yeah. must be saved right. but the name of Jesus. Right. We're going to see people baptized in Jesus' name. Right. We're, going to be see, we're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost, yes, with the evidence are. of yes, speaking in right. tongues. Yeah. We're going to see what the Bible yeah. has yeah. for us today yeah. in this modern times. Yeah. Talking in tongues isn't something, and the Holy Ghost isn't something that we should be afraid of. We have no problem watching ghost stories on the, the on Discovery Channel or Sci-Fi, whatever you want. We have no problem going to haunted houses, but when it comes to the Holy Ghost in our life, we get scared. We say that's taboo. We don't want no part of it, but it's the power and the presence of God living in our lives. You want to see change in your life? You want to see things move out of your life? Let the Holy Ghost operate in your life. The Spirit of God, not just abiding with you in this service, but the Spirit of God going to our homes and being with us. We're going to see addicts freed from bondage. Amen? We're going to see it. We're going to see it. It's going to look ugly on our pews, but we're going to see it. Because God is going to transform people. There's going to be an addict. He's going to come sit in the seat. He's going to fidget. He's going to waller all around. But the presence of God is going to move on him. And in a twinkling of an eye, he is going to be changed and redeemed. We're going to see people delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we're going to yes. see it, church. Yes, that's why we got to be in the Word. That's why we got to have love. we got to do those things because that's what God is looking to do. Yes. We're going to see life, and we're going to see abundance of life. Amen? Yes. I want to see abundance of life. Amen. I believe we're just getting by. I don't want to just get by. I want to live in the glory Amen. and the abundance yes, that God has for us. But the only way we're going to see all that is if we ourselves abide in Jesus. Now listen, I love Karen. But if Karen is the only one abiding in Jesus, it's going to be an uphill battle for all the right. rest of us. Right. Yes. This is a body. That's right. We've all got to be in the body. Yes. We've all got to be abiding in the body. If this is your first time here, 
you're going to come back. Why? Because you're a part of the body. Yeah. This is your second time here. We told you you'd come back. <laughs> you're a part of the body. We need each other. We need You cannot be alone in this time. Because the enemy just wants to pick off those who are alone. We need each other. If you don't like something about me, come and tell me. Come and let me know. <laughs> I love you. We'll work together on it. Maybe it'll, grow. Maybe it'll grow on you. I'm not sure. But we need each other. I asked, uh, uh, I think somewhere along the line, we have decided that when we become a Christian, everything is going to be easy sometimes, though. Right? Somewhere along the line, we think that when we, we took on this title as a Christian, we just thought everything was going to be easy. We read about the blessings of God, and we just think sometimes that when I become and I abide, that it's going to be easy. Those hard days belong to sinners. Amen? Everybody ever thought that? God, I didn't do any. We're studying Job right now, so this shouldn't be foreign to anybody. God, I didn't do anything wrong. Why is all this taking place in my life? I'm called of you, God. God, you chose me as your child, God. I've got your name written on my life. God, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Maybe you should go check it, God, because everything isn't easy for me right now. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. You ever been there? Yeah. We, we, should have, we, we should never have hard days sometimes is what we tell ourselves, isn't it? Well, guess what? The devil is a liar. That's right. It works both ways. Yes. Because sometimes we make up things. We make up how things are supposed to be in the kingdom. Sometimes we think if we're struggling, then it means God doesn't like us anymore. Well, sometimes we need the struggle in our life, can I tell you? So that God can get the glory. That's, right. That's all what today is That's about. Right. Yeah. Today That's is about right. abiding in the struggle. Today's lesson is about abide. We love to abide in the word. We love to abide in love. We love to abide in Jesus. But what about in the struggle? What about in the struggle? What happens to us in the struggle? Jesus himself said in Matthew 16 and 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to, to be my follower, Anybody want to be his follower? I want to be his follower. Amen. You must give up your own way. Take up the cross and follow after me. I don't know if you read the same way that I read it, but he didn't say, if you want to be my follower, he, or first of all, he said, you, if you want to be my follower, you, just, you need to give up your way. Okay? He, he refers to us a lot of times as stubborn and stiff-necked. Basically, if you want to break it down the brass tacks of being a follower of Christ, give up your way. If we are here today and we have not yet given up our own way, I'm not even getting in my message yet, so this is just a, this is just a commercial. <laughs> if we are here today and we are still following our own way, Jesus' words right here in Matthew 16, 24, then we are not his followers if we are following our own way. We are not his According to Jesus, if we're still following our own, then we are not his followers. To be followers of his, we need to follow him. Anybody ever gave you directions that you didn't follow? Where'd you end up? Lost. And then you had to call and you had to say, anybody ever have it happens to me sometimes. And then you you call them and say, Hey, I got lost. Well, did you turn did you follow my direct? No, I didn't really follow your directions. And then they kind of laugh and chuckle. Jesus isn't laughing and chuckling. He's waiting for us to say, yeah. hey, Lord, I, I want to follow. And, and it's just a matter of repentance. It's just a matter of a conversation. Say, God, I haven't always followed you, God. I can't promise I'm always going to follow you in the future, God. But right now, right in this moment, God, I want to be your follower. And I want to come after you. Amen? Amen. We need to abide in him. Jesus said, give up your way and follow me. Take up your cross. He said, take up your cross, not your recliner. Take up your cross. Take up your cross, not your comfy slippers. But when we, when we put on Christ, 
For some reason, we think everything's going to be easy all of a sudden. But he says, take up your cross. There is nothing easy about the cross. Have you ever read about the cross? There's nothing easy about the cross. It'll give you splinters. Anybody ever got a splinter? Can I tell you the way that they made that cross? It's not the same as if you went and bought a 4x4 at Home Depot or Lowe's. They don't hewn it down. It's rough. It's a rough surface. The cross is rough. There's rough things on the cross. The cross is heavy. The cross is heavy. Did you read how Jesus carried the cross up the hill? Did you read how he stumbled? Did you read how he was bruised and how he was broken and how he was betrayed? There's nothing easy about the cross. But for some reason, we think when he says, take up your cross and follow after me, that everything's going to be easy. And at the first time of hardship, do you know what we do? Put this thing down. That's too heavy. Right. I can't carry that anymore, Lord. I, I can't do that anymore. God, you, you put too much on it. It's, it's too much. You know how heavy that thing is, God? I got a splinter in my hand. I work in the office. I don't have tough skin. I got splinters in my hands. Anybody ever been there? Now listen. Now listen. I know I'm just like everybody. And I know it's hard sometimes to, to say that we struggle. But can I tell you, there isn't a single one of us in here that doesn't struggle. Right. There isn't a single one of us in here that when it comes to carrying our cross, sometimes we just don't go, I want to put it down. There's not a single one of us in here that doesn't operate that way. But when we pick up the cross and follow and have carried it to the end, there is victory waiting. It's why we sung that song. What we've got to get able to do, church, is in the struggle of the cross, we've got to fall closer to Him. Not put it down and walk away, but we've got to look to Him more for our strength than we ever have. You ever have a bad day? Then it turned into a bad two days. Then it turned into a bad week. Then it turned into a bad month. Then it turned into a bad year. Now it's going on a bad seven years. And you're like, where did it happen? Do you know where it happened? It happened where you laid the cross down. Yeah. It happened where we laid the cross down. Because for some reason, we thought if we got the weight of the cross off of our shoulders and put it down and we walked away, everything would get easier. But it was in the moment of carrying the cross when it got heavy that if we just kept moving, no matter if it was one small step or another, that it would begin to be lighter and lighter and lighter because we would be getting closer and closer to Jesus. We have got to stop allowing the enemy to push us away from the cross and we've got to start allowing ourselves to push through the enemy closer to the cross. A life for Christ is not always easy. Can the church say amen? Amen. That's why I want to preach this morning this title, Abiding in the Struggle. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, God, for just the privilege and the blessing to be in your presence, God. I pray this morning, Lord, that, that I would move out of the way, God, and you would just allow your word to, to reach down into us, God, that you would allow your word, God, to penetrate our hearts and our minds, God, so that when we struggle, God, and, and we know that we will, God, but in those moments of struggle, we would draw closer to you, God, not run from you, but we would draw closer to you, God. And I pray that as we do, God, that there would be strength, there would be redemption, and there would be victory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. There is a song by Matt Redman that we sing sometimes and that you may have heard of. It says, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Can I tell you, I've spent time out in that world. I've spent time in the world. I I didn't come out of the womb wearing a suit and a tie. 
I know. <laughs> I had a suit on though, right, Mom? <laughs> this song takes me to a place because sometimes I think we think that living for God is going to be easy. And then when we struggle, we think, well, I'm just going to walk away. I'm just going to take a break. I'm just going to I'm just going to step away for a little while, thinking that everything is all going to be easy. But it's not. It never does. And what the song says and there's scriptures to back up this song. But there is never a time where we shouldn't want to be in the presence of God, because better is one day That's than right. a thousand anywhere else. Right. And oh, God, if I can be one day in your presence, it's so much better than a thousand days anywhere else. There is no better place than the presence of God. Can I get a witness to testify this morning? There is no better place. In my life, I have experienced both, like I said, and I can stand and testify. I have been with the drug addicts on the corner. I have been with the alcoholics in the bar. But there is no better place than even being on my knees in the presence of Jesus. There is no pride that should stand in this room today and say, I'm not getting on my knees because when it comes to being in front of the king, there is no better place than to be in his presence. I, I, I just, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I can truly tell you that it is a smorgasbord of good food. It is not a potluck. Yeah, right. It is not a potluck. It is, it is a spread all across the table. God is not coming just to provide you a little relief here or a little relief here. God is coming to bring us a victory across the whole swath of our life. Amen. Yeah. But he's looking for us to taste and see. He's not looking for us just to taste and see in the good times. He's looking for us to taste and see in all times. If we seek God honestly, we will never go away hungry. We will not go away empty and we will not go away the same. I don't know about you, but every time I walk through those doors, every time I get into my word, I don't want to leave the same way that I came. Every time I fall on my knees to pray, I don't want to leave the same way I came because the cross changes us being in God changes us we don't serve a dead savior amen we don't serve a savior symbolized by a cross I love the cross that hangs and I love Jesus that hangs on the cross as a symbol but can I tell you it's wrong because he's not there the tomb was empty the tomb was rolled open the grave cloth was folded there is no Jesus just hanging on the cross because he came down and the tomb was empty They went into the tomb. They said, he is not here. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He was not there because he had risen and he came and he comes to be with us in our lives through the evidence of the spirit living within us. Amen. Amen. Jesus was not there. We serve a risen savior. So do you know what that tells me? When I go through a struggle, he is going to be right there by my side. He's not still hanging on a cross somewhere. He is going to be right by my side. But what we forget in the struggle is we focus on the struggle. That's right. And all we see is the big struggle in front of us. Have you ever had a small problem? You never have. You know why? There's no such thing as a small problem to people. It's big problems. And it's all about people. Something really big to me can actually be small to say of. True. Something small to say of can be huge and gigantic to Tori. Something huge and gigantic to Tori can mean nothing to Ryan. But it's all about perspective sometimes. Yeah. And we look at our struggle when we are not abiding in Christ. We look at our struggle and we see it as the biggest thing ever. My daughter sits in the back and I love her dearly. She is prone to drama sometimes. <laughs> she loves that I bring that up. 
Is there anybody that's prone to drama? Do you know, do you, oh, don't raise your hand, sister. Oh, don't, don't raise your hand. Can we get some ladies to go pray with you right now? Do you, do you know anybody that's prone to drama? What happens when they break a nail? Oh, oh, it's like all of heaven just left them for a moment. And it's just, oh, out. it's just out there. And wow. And, and what happens is, is we take our focus off of Jesus, the author and the finish of our, of our faith. I heard this week that you can't have Jesus be the alpha if he's not the omega. You can't have Jesus be the beginning if he's not the end. Because if he started a good work, he will faithfully finish a good work. And what we're forgetting, church, is that God started it in us and he's going to finish it in us. Can I tell you why we've got to get to abiding in our struggle? Can I tell you why? Because there's going to be an addict that's going to come and sit in that seat. And if he looks at somebody that's been living for the Lord for 50 right. years mm-hmm. and he sees them struggling, right. what, is that going to, what is that going to mean to him? Right. What is that going to mean to him? But if we're abiding in the Lord and situations after situation after situation comes and we just take it and we just take our lumps and we keep carrying our cross, no matter how heavy it gets, no matter how low we get, even if we've got to get on our knees, we just keep carrying that cross. Do you know what that person's going to do? They're going to look and they're going to go, there is a way. God can make a way. God can make a way. It's just not words in a book. It's God real life activated in me and activated in you. But after all, it doesn't remove the fact that some days we struggle. Amen. Some days there is opposition. Everybody say opposition. opposition. Some days there are forces fighting against us. Right? You ever felt it? You don't know what it is, but there are forces that are fighting against you. There are wickedness in spiritual high places. Amen. There are things that we struggle with that we cannot see with the flesh, but we struggle sometimes. It is in those times that we need to abide in God the most. Can we be honest today? The times we pray the most is the times we need God the most, isn't it? Why is that? What what would happen if we would pray for God more? When we don't need him than when we did. Do you know what would happen? The struggle wouldn't be as hard. The opposition wouldn't be as tough. Because we wouldn't go to God as a genie in a bottle. And all of a sudden we need you God. Please come out and grant my three wishes. So that I can move through this situation. Because what it stands for and what it means to the church. And not just this church. All churches denominationally. Is we are not abiding in Christ in the good times. We're just trying to abide him in the bad. And though my message today is abiding in the struggle, what I want us to hear first is that we've got to abide not just when it's good, not just when things are going great, but all times. Yes, amen. We have got to get to the place where our number one love is God. Because when our number one love is God, like I talked last week, our number one love will then be for the things of God. And it will not be hard to love somebody else. It will be not hard to love the prickly people. But if we're not abiding in God In the good times, it's really going to be hard to abide in in the struggle because we're immediately going to want to put the weight of the cross down on the ground. I hope you're getting the visual today. Some people are visual. And you know what? I don't know if you've ever looked at people this way, but you can literally see when they take the cross off themselves and they put it on the side. You can see it because there is a moment of relief that comes over them. And then it's just a moments and moments and moments of agony. Because they just walk back in it. Yeah. 
But they walk back in it without the protection of the cross. That's true. Oh, Lord, help us. Right. God, we struggle, and yet we think that if we put it down, we're not going to struggle. And all we did was take off the protection. All hell is breaking loose. And people that don't pray all of a sudden do. Amen. People that don't pray all of a sudden find themselves on their knees. Why do we think that is? We've been studying the book of Job. And if we're missing, if you're missing that, come on Thursday night. You get directions after this. You need to be a part of the Bible study. We need to be in the Word together. Amen? Amen. Job was a righteous man, and all of a sudden, stuff started happening. Stuff started happening to Job. He didn't deserve any of it. I'm not talking about sin this morning. If you're struggling with sin, that's something totally different. If you're struggling with sin, you can repent of that right now. And God can deliver you and He can free you from that. What I'm talking about is just struggle and opposition to try to get our focus and our mind off of Christ. What I'm talking about is something that we're just walking along the way and all of a sudden bad stuff starts to happen. And then when bad stuff starts to happen, we start to think less about the kingdom and we start to get our house in order. You ever do that? You ever have a flood in your basement? You didn't think you were going to go to church if it was on a Sunday morning. you got a flood in your basement. You're staying there to take care of your flood, aren't you? And all the while, God's saying, I don't want you to focus on the flood. I want you to still focus on me. We'll get that taken care of together. Now, I'm not saying leave your basement flooded. you get what I'm saying here this morning? What I'm saying is our focus has got to stay on Christ. Job was a righteous man. All his stuff was gone, including his kids. He had done nothing wrong. There was come opposition against him. He had boils. Anybody ever had it bad that you got boils? Don't don't raise your hand. Don't say yes. <laughs> he was in pain. Anybody ever been in pain? You know what the first thing happens when something happens to our body or we become in pain? You know what we first thing we focus on? Ourselves. You ever stubbed your toe? <laughs> What's the first thing you do? Hop. <laughs> and you feel that pain from the bottom of your toe to the top of your head and it's real. I'm not telling you opposition is not real. I'm not telling you opposition isn't going to hurt. I'm not telling you that opposition isn't going to cause pain or is it going to cause a, a heartache or is it going to cause loss. I'm not telling you any of that stuff. What I'm telling you is as a church, we have got to get where we push through the opposition and say, God, no matter what, no matter what comes upon me, God, no matter what comes, what may, I will follow yes. you. I will abide in you. I will remain in you. I will be in you. His wife said to Job, Job, just curse God and die. Do you get the visual? She said, Job, there wasn't a cross then because this was early in the book. She said, Job, just take off the cross and walk away. Do you get the visual? That's what his wife said to him. That's what people in the world at times are telling us. As we go through struggle, and we try not to show it, but every so often we show it because we're flesh. Be thankful you show it because you're flesh. Yeah. When we get to heaven, we won't have to worry about that. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. But sometimes down here we go through things. We stub our toes. And in that moment, his wife said, Job, just put it down and walk away. It's too much. Anybody ever heard that word before? It's too much. You're doing too much. Those people are weird and crazy. They want you to praise like it's like you're a tree or something like that flowing by the riverside. They want you to hop. They want you to pray out loud. They want you to do all this stuff. It's too much. Put your cross down 
and walk away. That's what Job's wife was telling him because she saw everything that he was going through. But that's not what Job did. He pushed through the opposition. The opposition came from his friends. The opposition came from his family. There was opposition trying to tell him enough was enough, but he never laid it down. He pushed through. He pushed through the struggle. If we're going to abide through the struggle, we have got to be ready to push through the opposition. Everybody say push, push. through the opposition. The Bible says a lot of times resist. We have got to push through the opposition because the opposition is not always the devil. Sometimes the opposition is your own mind. Sometimes the opposition is your family. Don't you ever call the family your devil because they all go to church with me. <laughs> Sometimes the opposition is us. Revelation. It's not the devil. Though he is a liar, quit blaming him for everything. That's true. Sometimes it's you and me. Right. That just say, I'm tired. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. And we just lay our cross down. And the enemy's over there going, sweet, I didn't have to do anything. Mm. And all the while, we're putting it down ourselves. There are struggles. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are struggles and oppositions that we all face, and they come around like clockwork. Don't they? Any honest people here today? I'm honest with you. There are things in my life that come around almost like it's seasonal on the clock. Like, whoop, it's that time. Whoop, you're going to face this again. Whoop, you're going to face that again. Anybody ever been there? It's almost like your mind starts to prepare you for it. And as your mind prepares you for it, opposition is right there waiting. It's almost like God is letting you know, hey, some things are coming up. Get yourself ready. But you know what we do? Oh, this is just so beautiful. What in the world? Where did that come from? And we get like we're knocked all over the place. All the while, we forgot that the cross was going to be heavy. The struggle was going to be real. The opposition was going to come at times. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're little, but they're all intended to divert our attention from God. That's what a struggle is. Stop calling it what it is. Start calling it what it is. You're not struggling. The enemy, yourself, are trying to divert our attention from God. And as soon as we divert our attention from God, everything of God leaves. Everything of God goes because our attention fades from Him. And you say, well, God doesn't really leave. You're right, He doesn't leave, but in your mind He did. Because your attention and your focus is no longer now on Him. So like Job said, I looked to my right and I did not see you there. I looked to my left and I did not see you there. I looked in front, I looked behind, I did not perceive you there. And all the while, God was there the whole time. But because our struggles got so big and we were not abiding in Christ, we lose focus on Jesus. And now that piano or that water bottle is all I see. And I no longer see my cross. I no longer see the Lord. And it was all right there before me. If the enemy can get, our, get us to take our focus off God and place them on our problems, he has won. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, no temptation, I'm reading from the Amplified, no temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience. There is nothing new under the sun. When there is a struggle or a temptation that comes before you, it has all been dealt with in the scriptures. Fentanyl. It's an addictive thing. 
It might be a new chemical, but it's the same addiction. It's the same struggle. I'm trying to get through to somebody. There isn't anything new that you're facing. You're not going through something that God has never delivered people from. You're not going through something that God can't overcome. If we keep our focus on Jesus, He will bring us through all things. The, 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 the scripture goes on to say, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. Raise your hand if you're human. I want to see if we got any artificial intelligence in here this morning. It's coming. <laughs> but it ain't here yet. We're all human. Yes. There, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. There is not anything out there that you can't stand against. There is not anything out there that you can't push back against. The Bible says God will never give you more than you can handle, right? That's this scripture. Let me go on. But God is faithful to his word. That's why we got to be in it. We got to know what it is. You can't just take my advice for it. You got to be in it. He is compassionate and trustworthy. Oh, is he good? He is good, the Bible's saying. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. He is not putting any struggle on you that you cannot handle. He is not putting any situation or opposition on you that you cannot handle. What happens is we don't think we can do it. So when we don't think we can do it, we give up. And giving up is the worst thing that we can ever do. Because when we give up one time, we're prone to give up two times. And when we give up two times, we're prone to give up three and four and five. That little log that's been stumbling you up since you were 14 or 28 or however old you are, that little log that you gave up on instead of working to get yourself over that, that little log is still the same log that's in your life because we haven't pushed against the log. We haven't opposed the log. And all the while, God said, I've given you enough to overcome that. Don't give up now. Don't give up on me. Push through and allow my glory to be revealed in you the scripture goes on to say but along with but along with temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well so that you will not so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy with joy how many struggles do you go through that you're like oh i'm excited about this (laughs) You ever had any real stuff happen to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's real. We face real things. And when you walk into it, you don't walk into it with joy. But when our focus is with God and we read our scripture, we will walk out with joy. Yeah. We will walk out with joy. And you know what happens when you face real things and you walk out with joy? People will begin to go, what's different about you? People will begin to go, how is that able to happen in your life? I know people that that has literally broke down. I know people that have gone through the same thing and it has literally destroyed them. It destroyed every aspect around them. And you know what you say? It's not by my will, but by His will. And you know what begins to happen? God gets the glory. Because that struggle wasn't about you and me faltering. That struggle was about God getting the glory and God being revealed in us. Amen. Amen. We don't have to understand that it's going to be tough. We have to just go through with the struggle. Or I could, I could take you to the cross, the crown of thorns, the cat of nine tails, the broken, the beaten, like I did before. But nevertheless, Jesus said, not my will, but thine will. We've got to get to the point where it's not about my will, but it's about thine will. Our struggle and opposition are not tests. They are so that God can get the glory yes. and he can shine. Right. And when we change our focus, 
The Bible's calling us to be a sound mind. When we change our focus from the struggle to God getting the glory, it makes everything look different. It makes every perspective look different. Because when I come out on the other end, and we just read the scripture that tells me I'm going to come out on the other end, it's all going to be for the glory of God. I'm trying to speak life here this morning. You've got to hear me. We've got to change our mentality and understanding of a struggle. There are people in our lives that at times we look at them as struggles. There are situations that we look up at as struggles. But God says, I put you there because I know you can handle it. Nobody else can handle it but you. Thank you, Lord. Nobody else can handle that but you. And when you come through, when you come through, there is going to be joy and I am going to get the glory. It is all about God getting the glory. God has a plan for this church. Amen. We're going to have to walk through some opposition to get there, though. We're going to have to walk through some opposition. Do you know that there has never been a United Pentecostal Church in the town of Normal? It's true. There has never been one right. in the town of Normal, but there is now. Yes, there is. And there is going to be opposition that we are going to face as we move through this town. It is going to come in the form of people, but it is not about people. It is about spiritual wickedness in high places. We are going to tear down places that have been built spiritually in this town, and it's not going to come easy. It's not going to come easy. That's why we're going to be in the Word, and that's why we're going to love, and that's why we're going to oppose in the struggle. Because if we just want to back down, and we just want to be who we are, and say, oh, leave us alone, they'll leave us alone. But we're never going to do the kingdom stuff, and God's glory is never going to be revealed the way God's glory was intended to be revealed. I don't just want to come to church to have church. I want to come to church to be a part of the kingdom. This is a kingdom church. This is a kingdom-minded body. God is a kingdom, and to Him be the glory. There is going to be some struggle. That's why we've got to be in prayer. That's why we've got to be in fasting. That's why in the month of February we're going to be in prayer and we're going to be in fasting because we're going to be opposition. Some of these things you can't do by yourself but through God. And we've got to be able to be in that position. But we've got to start now abiding. Abiding in the good times and abiding in the struggle. There's going to be struggles that some of us are going to face this yes, week yes. as a test that's right. going to be put before us so that God can get the glory. Right. There's going to be struggles. I don't like the struggles. I don't like to preach about the struggles. Lord, just let me preach about abundance and right. blessings and good stuff. That's the problem. That's what we all like to hear. We all like to hear words of affirmation of how good we're doing, don't we? Yes. But there are times where we have to be refined in the fire. There are things that have to be burned away, and it can only be in the struggle where we can be, they can be revealed so that God can show us things that we can move through. God led Israel out of bondage and slavery in Egypt in the book of Exodus. He established a relationship with them, and he promised them a land. Anybody ever read that part of the book? Right. But when it, come, when it came time to take over the land, there was some opposition in that land. You ever read that story? They sent the ten spies in. They saw large giants. They saw giants so big that they perceived themselves as grasshoppers. They saw grapes. They brought grapes back of the blessing and the promise. That's all we want to talk about. But they said, i got to tell you something. There were giants in that land. And we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. So they chose not to enter into the promised land. They took a boat. And they said, we're not going in there. We're going to stay out here in the desert where God's providing us with some manna every once in a while. He provides us with, a, with some water. When we hit a rock, if the water's bitter, he'll give us a tree. You know, we'll just scrape. We'll just get by. All the while, there was a promise waiting for before them, a land of abundance. If you know what they had to do to get it, they had to
had to push in. They had to push through the oppression. But do you know what happened? There was 40 years of people that never got to see it. Because they didn't want to push through the opposition. They didn't want to push through the struggle. So they were, they were missing God's promise and His blessing because they were, there was opposition in front of them. And what I don't want to hear as a church or as a person or as people is I don't want us to miss the promise because we were afraid to push through the opposition. There's opposition that we're facing right now. There's struggle that we're in right now. And if we could push through it, we would see new things that we have never seen before. Today is the day. God has sent me here today. This is not just a normal message. Today is the day. The opposition that you are facing, that you are looking at in your mind's eye right now, today is the day that you tell it, not anymore. I am pushing against you. I am pushing past. I am pushing through all that you have. Hear the word of the Lord today. Push. Push. It's time to push in the spiritual. Not push in the natural. Listen, you don't go to your work and somebody's always in your way. You don't push them. That ain't it. It's in the spiritual. That's right. This fight is in the spiritual. Right. You get on your knees. Yes. You find a prayer closet. Yes. You find a chair to sit in. Yes. You get your word in front of you. And you begin to push. Right. You begin to push the only way we know how through Jesus Christ. Because when we push in Jesus, our focus goes back to him. And then that whole problem begins to be a tall mountain. And he flips it up on its side and he casts it into the sea. And it is no longer a problem. And a mountain is no longer before us. Opposition, though, is needed in our life, not because we need it, but for God to get the glory. If you don't hear anything more from me today, understand this. God gets the glory through your opposition. It's not about you. It's not about you coming out and going, look how good, look how strong I am. It's not, look what I overcame. It's look what God brought me through. Strength is in the house this morning. Amen? Does anybody anybody feel that strength? Anybody feel that confidence in Jesus Christ this morning? Understand this. I'm not trying to be a hype guy to get you hyped up here this morning. I'm trying to get you to understand that God is victory. There is victory in the name of Jesus. I can go through all of the scriptures here today, and it's not about me getting excited, because I know God is victory. I know God, and that's why I get animated, because I know what God's brought me through. I know the situations that God has brought me out of. I understand that there is joy. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I know all of this stuff. John 15 and 4 says this, remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. We have got to abide in the struggle. Because when you don't look at Jesus, you disconnect yourself from the vine. And when you're disconnected from the vine, there is no fruit. You know how much, how long it takes to regrow a root? It takes a long time. And when you sever that connection and sever that connection every time there's struggle, we miss out on what God is going to do in our lives. Be encouraged today. The enemy can try, but to God be the glory. Come on, stand with me this morning. The enemy can try, but to God be the glory. Opposition can come against me, but to God be the glory. We are not hopeless. We have the victory in Jesus' name. Our music is going to come this morning. God is calling us to abide through the struggle this morning. I don't know if you heard that, but there's going to be struggle in our lives. Followers of Christ are going to face struggle. Paul was killed, was beaten with a rock. Stephen was killed. Paul was shipwrecked. 
Paul was all of these things. Stephen, John, James, John the Baptist, everything like that happened to them because they were followers of Jesus right. Christ. Right. We cannot expect every day out there in the world to be sunshine and roses, but every day Jesus is in our heart will be sunshine yes. and roses Amen. because we will push through that opposition. Now is not the time to give up. Right. Somebody hear me this morning. Now is not the time to give up. There is no retirement in the kingdom. There is no quit in the kingdom. God did not quit when he created and Adam and Eve fell. God did not quit when Israel turned against him. God did not quit when Israel chose Rome instead of him in the New Testament. And God is not quitting on any one of us today. So it is our job to say, God, I will hold tight to you this morning. If you are here today and you've been facing the struggle, don't face it alone. Let the glory of the Lord be your protection. Solomon stated in Proverbs 18 and 10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are saved. If you're going through something today, there's only one place to go, and that's the tower and the strength of the Lord. We need to call on the name of Jesus. We can do that this morning. Can we do that this morning? Come on, right where you are. Come on, right where you are. If there is something in your life that you're facing, don't stay in your seat. Come down to this altar this morning, and we're going to bind together and pray with you this morning. Come on, call upon the name of the Lord. Can we do that today? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes.